We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. Amen. Amen. Can I say you all sound amazing? Amazing. I'm so thankful for moments just like this, where we just get rid of everything else and we just focus on uplifting the name of the Lord. Amen. So thank you. Thank you for not just participating but for allowing yourselves to give glory to God. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It doesn't matter how bright the lights are. It doesn't matter if we got light shows and laser shows. It doesn't matter if there's 50 million instruments. But to have a song on your heart and to allow yourself to lift it up, that's how you worship the Lord. Amen? Amen. Put your hands together. Amen. If you would, pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. We thank you for meeting us right where we are. We thank you for your Holy Spirit surrounding us and being in this room with us. Lord, it is my prayer right now in the name of Jesus that you bless your humble servant as I open the bread of life, the book of life, your word, and share what you have put on my heart to share with your sons and daughters on this day. We are here because of you. We honor you, we love you, we glorify you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. In Jesus' mighty and miraculous name, may all God's people say amen. 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 And one more amen as you make it to your seat. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh my goodness, you guys look good today. You sound even better. Amen. So we're going to jump right on into our message for today. Is that okay? I am convinced that I have a word for you today. I'm, I'm normally pretty confident that I have a word from the Lord. But today, I'm confident that I have a word from the Lord just for you. So if you would, just freeze for a second and repeat after me. For me? Not with the upward inflection. I can't get all the way up there, but I need you to be like shocked. You know, like when you get a gift you don't expect, you'd be like, for me? Whoever that was singing with all that bass over here, I know it was hard for you to get up there, but just say... For me, I'm confident that I have a word from the Lord for you. So he certainly has a way of speaking to us, and he does so by his word and his inspired messengers. Amen? So we're continuing. This is the last Sunday in our Thank You Notes series. I've been really blessed, and I hope that you have as well through this series, because sometimes it really takes us to be intentional 
about our thanksgiving. Intentional about giving thanks. It's easy to receive, but it's hard to give, especially when life is kind of surrounding you. How was everybody's Thanksgiving? It was good? What about your Black Friday? You know, funny thing about Black Friday, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I'm black every Friday. (laughs) So I just don't quite understand why everybody want to make this such a special day. But that's a different message for a different day. (laughs) If this is your first time here, I like to break the ice. Okay, so we have not met. I'm Pastor Nate, Nate Smith. I'm the lead pastor here at the table, so I tend to tell jokes that if nobody else thinks they're funny, I do. So feel free to laugh, at least entertain me. It'll help me work off the nerves, all right? But I, I do want to recap just Thanksgiving. Um, today, we're going to have more of a conversation. Um, after all, this is about notes and leaving thank you notes. When you write notes, they're typically a conversation. You're kind of informing people of things. So I'd like to have more of a conversation with you today. So when I think about my Thanksgiving, my Thanksgiving uh, was was good. It was pretty good. Um, But Thanksgiving for me brings some very interesting thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um, I like to observe people, so a lot of times I watch, I watch people, my family included. And there are a couple observations during Thanksgiving that I had um, that I, that I kind of want to share with you. Maybe you relate, maybe you don't. I'm confident um, that, you, that, that you will, though. A couple of things is I got to see the people around me getting older. Not me getting older, them. But I got to see a lot of the people around me, and it's one thing like when you look at kids and everybody says, ooh, I remember when you were his size. And I remember when you were his size. And you kind of can do that with kids, but with older people, it's a little bit scary. No, I don't mean that because they look weird or nothing like that. I mean like (laughs) it's kind of interesting when you see the uncle that was usually like lots of energy slowing down a little bit. You see the the grandma become a little bit forgetful or cantankerous. It can be a little bit scary to acknowledge and watch people as they get older. It's tough to watch people go through hardship where you know when you ask them a question, hey, how you doing? And they say, I'm good, I'm fine. But you can like see it in their eyes, they're, they're hurting. That's not, that's not always fun. You see people with like little self-control or self-awareness. I don't know what happens as they grow older. It's like they just say whatever they want to say. Talk to people however they want to talk to people. As I always say, if you don't know who that person is in your family, it's probably you. No, the person that like doesn't have a filter and they just do things and, and that can be really frustrating. 
I didn't get to see everybody that I wanted to see. Like, there's only so many hours in a day, right? And if your family's anything like mine, you got people on different sides of town. This person don't talk to this person. Can't be in the same kitchen as this person. Think that they mashed potatoes is better than this person's mashed potatoes. So if you want the good mashed potatoes, you got to come see them. But it's only so many hours in the day, so I, don't, I didn't get to see everybody that I wanted to. But the thing that I noticed the most were the people who have gone to be with the Lord. And that hurts. It's supposed to be a, a, a good holiday. It's supposed to be fun, exciting, and you get to talk about both the present, what the kids are doing, and where you're going on vacation, and all those kinds of things. But what happens when you sit at the table and there are obvious missing pieces? That hurts. That changes everything. And for me, when I miss people, that's a very private thing for me. Like, I can talk about it, but how I process my thoughts and how I kind of deal with my emotions, I do that very privately. Like, I just, that's just, I don't know. I just tend to, when I, when I need to cry, when I need to ask God all these questions that I'm confused about, when I need to work through things that don't make sense anymore, when I reflect on the people that I miss, I just tend to do that in secret. That's just kind of like, like my way. Other people don't do that. Like, they need to talk through it. They want to talk about it. And for me, that's like gut-wrenching. Like, I need to work all that out in private. I do that in secret. But I got to let you in on a secret. One of the things that I do in private and to myself is I tend to write notes to the people that I miss. And it doesn't have to be, I don't necessarily keep it in a formal journal or anything like that. Sometimes it's just a sticky, look a little sticky note or something. Sometimes it could be a notebook. But I don't like write it because I think that they're going to hear me. I don't write it because I think that they're going to like respond to me. I, I write it because I just got to get out the stuff that I'm thinking. And when people that you love that are such a major part of your life, you're used to just telling them stuff. You saw a person with a funny sweater at the grocery store. You heard a song that brought up a memory. Like it's these little moments that you just want to tell them about. So I don't do it for any other reason but to just like get it out. It helps me to like, I don't know, to let myself know that, like, I'm hurting because, because I loved them. Right? It's like, it's like I'm acknowledging that, like, yeah, I do have this empty spot. I do have this void. I'm kind of, like, acknowledging that I do get consumed with, like, what life is going to be like without them. And you know what? I miss them. And guess what? That's Okay. I got to tell you today, that is okay. I don't know what it is in the world that is like this, this constant, got to move, got to move, got to move on, got to get over it. And it's like we don't take any time to feel. 
But I often, I often do just like take that time because it's my time to just feel. But oftentimes when I write them, I also write to God about them. Now, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if this is something that you personally need to do or figure out. All I can tell you is I got to have this conversation out with you because as I processed a lot of things, I kept hearing the Holy Spirit say, share that. So that's all. That's why I said this is just a conversation. I'm just sharing with you my process as I worked through and continue to work through how to be thankful when I don't always feel like it. How can I be thankful in this season of giving and this season of generosity and this season of love and in this church where we're talking about the God of love and the God who loved us so much he gave his only begotten son, that a Jesus who loved us so much that he gave his life for us. How can I do all of that when, you know what, on certain days, it is so hard to think about the things that I should be thankful for. So sometimes I write to God about the people that I miss. The only difference is, is when I write to God, I do expect that he hears me. The only difference is, is that I do expect that he will respond. I expect to have my feelings validated, and I look to him to give me something that puts it all in perspective. And that's my encouragement to you today, is that no matter what, if you don't know anything else, if you hear nothing else for the remainder of your life, can I tell you this? You have to understand that God will give you what you need to gain perspective. And if you learn to gain his perspective, then the things that you're dealing with become to take their proper place secondary to his grace. Walk with me to the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter. I'm going to have it on the screen. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. But I want everybody in here, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, Matthew 6, Matthew 6. Say it with me, Matthew 6, Matthew 6. One more time for the Holy Ghost, the third time, Matthew 6, 25. And this is what it reads. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about, like, your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't, they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So 
don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I'm not sure who specifically needs to hear this today. But every little thing is going to be all right. So don't worry. I need you to realize that. And I love that the second I said that, I hear a couple people humming. I heard a couple little doo-doots in there. Because you need to know that every little thing is going to be all right. I'm reminded that my brother passed away in 2019 from leukemia. And I remember as we were in his hospital room, we, we knew what was coming. He had, he, had, he had so many times that he bounced back and recovered. It was just crazy. And there, and there was there's this way that sometimes we get spoiled by God's mercy. Because there are so many times that the cancer came back and it was aggressive and he would just bounce back. And it got to a place that he would bounce back so frequently, it was almost an expectation that he would bounce back. And it's very interesting because the first couple of times that he was bounced back, everybody would say, glory to God, everybody is so excited, everybody is giving God his due, everybody is celebrating. But then if you saw him and he had lost a bunch of weight again or lost his hair again, it was just like, oh no, he'll be back. Six weeks, he'll bounce back. And it was like, how frequently do we lose our gratitude and our thankfulness for what God is doing and how he's showing us grace and how he's showing us mercy, how he's showing us favor, how he's performing miracles in our lives, and we get so spoiled by the miracles, we forget to truly be thankful. And I remember the last time he was in the hospital, we knew this time it would be different. We knew it was. It was no secret. We understood it. We all knew people started coming to visit, and all. We, we just knew this time was going to be different. And as those hours and those days went by, people knew they were coming to say their final goodbyes. And in spite, as weak as he was, and as these, that we're counting the hours, we sat in this room, and we turned on Bob Marley. And he sat there in all his weakness, dancing in his hospital bed, telling us, don't worry. <sighs> that everything 
was going to be all right. That wasn't part of the plan. But the reason that I share this with you is because in that moment, it was so clear that it was like he was leaving us the message. And while we're trying to console him, it was something about the moment that made us refocus and realize that as he goes on to be with God, that's what this life is about. So he goes on to be with God. And he's saying, look, I'm okay. But you got to know that everything you experience while you are there on earth, I'm, I'm fine. But don't you lose sight of the fact that we serve a mighty God who is with you right where you are. Every little thing is going to be all right. And I think it's, I find it very encouraging because that song that you guys started to hum, when I told you my sermon title, it jumped in my heart as well. And it stayed there for a long time. And it's amazing because, yeah, we know it as Bob Marley, but the name of that song is Three Little Birds. And I thought that interesting. Three Little Birds. A friend of mine always told me, dude, you look for God in everything. I was like, well, yes. <laughs> so I can't speak to it. I never met Bob Marley, couldn't talk to Bob Marley, don't know what his motivation was. But all I know is when I thought about those three little birds, and I thought about the words of the song, I said, I've heard this before. And I thought about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and I thought about the things that I've heard quoted from the Bible, and I thought about it, and I went to the, te the text. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Where have I heard this before? Don't worry about a thing. It's all going to be fine. Where did I hear that before? Here we are, the Word of God telling us, look, look at the bird, the birds, the birds in the air, the birds that... Shall I take you to Genesis? I created the fowls of the air, and then I gave you dominion over. If I care enough about them that they're not worried about these things because they know that I, their father who created them, will provide for them, what are you worried about? You have to know that you are valued by God. Can I tell you today? Whatever you're trying to process, however Thanksgiving treated you, however you are in your, in your journey of your road to Thanksgiving, can I tell you this? You are valued by God. Can I challenge you to say this? And I'm going to challenge you to say it out loud because then once somebody else hears you, they can remind you that you said it. I am valued by God. Can you say that? You got to remember, I'm valued. By God. The text tells us that the birds have what they need. He goes on to say that he cares deeply for you. Can you say that? 
God cares deeply for me. In the text, it gives the example of Solomon, who we know was wealthy and wise. In all his wisdom and all his elaborate stuff, the scripture we read says that it could not be compared to the lilies of the field that will surely die without adding much to life. It's so interesting to me. I know there are people who love flowers. And the thing is, is it takes a special person to take care of some flowers. I, I am of the character that I buy flowers and they die. I don't know anything about it. My thumbs are not green. I, I, I don't really understand the flower thing because they're going to die. But here's the thing, the word of God in this scripture about worrying and, and caring is, is, is this assurance that God is saying, well, wait a second, if, if the lilies of the field that are literally here and gone from seasons, they're going to die. If, if, if God cares so much about them and they add nothing to life, don't you know then how much he cares for you who were made in his image? The thing that really hit home for me was this. And the text tells us this in verse number 34. He says, he knows your limits, but do you? God knows what your limits are. God knows what my limits are, but do you? How much are you carrying around? How much are you lugging and trudging things that God has already given you an out for and saying, look, you can't carry that, and I don't expect you to. Many of us struggle because we are spending so much time trying to make sense out of this load that's too big for us, that's too heavy for us, that's overwhelming to us, that is too emotional for us, that God has feel like we're losing our minds that we're not physically strong enough for, mentally strong for. We're, we're an emotional wreck because we're trying to do it when God has already said, give it to me. The faster that we realize that it is not for us to lug around, the reason we can, we've lost our joy and our gratefulness is because we are lugging around something we should not have. Sometimes those things that we lug around are both yesterday and tomorrow. Think about that. You're here right now today. And you're struggling with today because you're so worried about tomorrow, next week, five years from now, 10 years from now, 50 years from now. Or you're worried about last week, last year, three years ago. 30 years ago. And here is the word of the Lord saying, make no mistake, and I love this, because he doesn't, the scripture doesn't let us off the hook 
and say, and say, hey, if you just focus on today, you'll be good. No. It actually says, look, it's some stuff you're going to have to deal with tomorrow anyway. So you might as well just carry the load from today. Because tomorrow is going to bring its own challenges. Yesterday had its own challenges. So if you are the one that want to keep on throwing stuff in your cart and lugging it around, he's trying to tell you, I love this because the word of God does not say this is this is this is this is the the, the all the knowledge that our heavenly father has. He doesn't tell you. Don't worry. This text is telling us when you worry. This is how you deal with it. Big difference. Big difference. Because here we are, we are constantly thinking about it. People will tell us that. And, and, it, and it can feel like, you're like, wait, that was three years ago and you still crying about that? And, 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 and we have this thing where the time is ticking. Time has gone by. You have gotten over. How do you get over something that's going to impact the remainder of your life? How do you move past something where every single Thanksgiving is going to be different? Because that person's no longer there. See, maybe your, maybe your hang-up isn't, isn't, isn't a, the loss of a loved one in the matter of life and death. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe because now every single holiday, you got to stare in the face. Your failure. See, this is the way the enemy works, y'all. Now, every single holiday, you got to stare in your greatest mistake. Oh, 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 because this is supposed to be the Thanksgiving that we're celebrating. Aren't you graduating in the spring? Oh, grandma don't know I failed last semester. Nobody told him I'm dropping out. Nobody told him I got kicked off the team. See, these are the things that will bog us down. That our worries are dragging us. And thus say the Lord, because of these things that you drag around, because of these things that you struggle with, you can't be thankful. You won't be thankful because you're all you can think about is what is not and not what it is. See, Thanksgiving for me, I, I just kind of wrapped it up, you know, kind of like leftovers. It just, I just kind of wrapped it up, and I just gave in to the thought that uh, Thanksgiving for me just was about pie. Yep. Let's just wrap this in a nice neat like takeaway a to-go container if you will it became about pie because the last two years before my brother died I remember calling him around Thanksgiving bro what you doing he said about to bake a pie and I'm like what Make a pie? What are you talking about? He like, I don't know. 
going over my in-law's house, I'm going to bake a pie. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know how to cut the oven on. But he was just going to bake this pie. And, and it was this thing. He had, like, discovered this thing. And he like, you know what? I don't know. I got to enjoy the little stuff in life. And I guess he realized, I never baked a pie before. I'm going to bake a pie. And he baked a pie. And it got to a point where every time there was some kind of family gathering, he was baking pies. And I thought this was the craziest thing in the world to me, that this man would just be baking random pies just for fun. It'd be spring and he'd be like, I'm going to bake a pie because I got to try it out for Easter. As I looked at the dessert table the other day, I realized there was something missing. Out of all the stuff, there was no cherry pie. My mother-in-law always made cherry pie. And it was always in the same dish. But it wasn't there. And no matter what, every single time she cooked it, she would say it was something wrong with it. And we would smash it. Oh, it's good. It's so good. And she'd be like, no, it could have been better. I should have did this. I should have did that. You know that modest, I know I rocked this cherry pie, but I need y'all to say it's nothing. Who, me? So no matter what, the cherry pie, was all, it was always something she could have, should have did differently. And we all smashed that pie. And I sat there trying to not get lost in everything else. And I thought about those notes, and I thought about the note that I wanted to talk to God about. And it became about pie, because all I could think about how great would it be to just have a slice of pie. How great would it be? Maybe even two. One apple, one cherry from like two of my favorite people in the world. How great would it be to just have a piece of pie? And as quick as I started thinking about, like, all of the reasons I didn't have the pie, I realized that God did something amazing for me. Because in a moment of my sadness, when I was thinking about why I didn't have it, the hospitals, the emotional ups and downs, the hard decisions that have had to happen afterwards, the loneliness, the anger, the confusion, the second-guessing, the fact that Thanksgiving is just not the same anymore. He changed those thoughts and he brought me joy and the memories of the pie that I did have before. Just that quick. And I smiled and it was like I could, I could smell the pie. I could taste the pie. And like when the corners of my mouth started to drop and I started to kind of get choked up and I, I told you, it's, it's something going through that in private, in public. Oh man, I don't know. I, like going through this privately, but in public. And I'm wrestling and I'm wrestling and people around you are saying, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But on the inside, I'm just all stirred up. And as I'm getting ready, to, I'm just kind of going through it. God responds to the letter that I was writing to him about these two people. 
and he responded to the letters. And I got a chance to hear their voices. See, God does miraculous things like that. And in that moment, I could hear my mother-in-law say, what you worried about? And I could hear my brother say, it's all good, chief. It's all good. And in that moment, that song popped in my head again. Every little thing is going to be all right. So don't worry. I got to tell you today, if you're here, it is not lost on me that the end of the year is a roller coaster for many. There are many of you that are grieving heavily. There are many of you dealing with brokenness. There are many of you that have family members who are incarcerated. There are many of you who there are reasons that people will not be at the dinner table. There are many of reasons why sitting around the Christmas tree is going to look and feel differently than ever before. This constant room. There are many reasons, but I have to tell you, you are valued by God. I have to have you know that he cares deeply for you. You must understand that he knows your limits. So if you want to figure out how do I get to a place of thankfulness? How can I have these moments of gratitude? How can I get into a space where these things are not a burden to me, that I can remember them, that I can embrace them, that, that you have to know these things so that you can give them to him and he inserts joy where there is hurt. Because I know that it feels like it's impossible. And there's a part of you that's saying, I can't not feel that because I don't want to forget. I don't want to. There's something like, like beneficial to the agony that loss has. It's something, it's something about us psychologically that makes us think, well, I got to get punched in the gut. I got to feel that because if I don't, somehow it's a disservice or it's disheartening to your loved one. I'm here to tell you that is not God's intention for you. God is saying, when you get the gut punch, bring it to me and let me make you whole. Every little thing is going to be all right. Don't let the worries of life get your mind off God. Instead, you got to look to your heavenly father for his provision. And you have to trust him to take on those hurts, those agonies, and those voids. I'm going to encourage you, you got to get your slice of pie. You got to get your slice of pie. And he's there making it for you. So today, as we prepare to take communion, there's going to be, as we're getting into December, we're going into the season of Advent because we're talking about the birth of Jesus and the coming of Jesus and what then this, this is going to be our last communion of the year because when we're in Advent, I don't want us to take, we're not going to do communion all month long. 
because I want us to really think about what the coming of Jesus means for us. Because he'll be back. He'll return one day. And so all next month, we are going to be focusing on the beginning of Jesus' life. So as we come today, I don't have no pie for you. But I do have a wafer. And I do have some juice. And I need you to know that that represents the body that he gave sacrificially to make this thing that I'm telling you about, being able to trust God, being able to know that God knew what you would need, that he could meet your needs. He did so and he acted it all the way out by giving us Jesus Christ. If this message challenged you and moved you forward, personally or in faith, we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today. And if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.